1: I walk a straight line, shackle and chain. Oh, gruesome Gertie is calling my name. There is no mercy in this penitentiary. Just ask the Hillstring Gang, a
2: Hey everybody, and welcome back to Bloody Angola, a podcast 142 years in the making, a complete story of America's bloodiest prison. And I'm Jim Chapman, and I'm Woody Overton, and we are opening up season five. Season five. That's
3: pure love, y'all. Thank you for listening and liking and sharing, and Patreon members. Thank you
2: so much for your support. Couldn't do it without you. Apple subscribers, love y'all. And as we told you last week, we had quite the lineup for season five, and we were kicking it off with the story of Charlie Frazier. Charlie Frazier. If
3: you don't know who he is, you will when we get done.
2: And if you have trouble finding out information on him, welcome to the club. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Jim Chapman had really go deep on this. And the problem with this guy is he had like two hundred different names. Yeah. So <laughs> depending on what name you used, as to what crimes you would pull up. But uh, I was able to I was able to make it happen. And w- like any good story, uh, there's a cast of characters, and there's there's people that uh, Charlie had in his life that contributed not only to you know I can't say his good side because he didn't have a good side to be honest. It's one of the worst criminals probably in history of any prison. Right but uh, contributed to his life story. And in this, in this uh, this it's probably going to be a two part, maybe a three part series, uh, but we're going to try to keep it to two in this series. We're going to start off telling you about some cast of characters that played a part in him getting put into Angola. Right. And
3: uh, another reason most of you haven't heard of him is there was no social media or, Really, news covers, TV, or anything back the, during this strictly time. newspaper, right? Strictly newspaper, really, and with it, and like you said, in any good story, not only a cast the characters, we, we're going to take you back in time and set it up because um, it was a whole different world back then. Well, tell them about
2: Prohibition,
3: All right? So Prohibition, y'all, has always fascinated me. As I, I know, it has Jim and some stuff. I'm going to read to you now. Is very important, and really it's important even to this day, the routes and everything that they established. But Prohibition was a period from January 16, 1920 through December fifth, in 1933, which restricted the manufacture, transportation, and sale of alcoholic beverages. This naturally has created a black market, which led to the – which everybody knows and heard of this term, but it led to bootleggers, which were people who distilled their own spirits or alcohol and sold them to p- the public in the shadows of law enforcement. Now, during this time, bootlegging was the biggest business and probably in the world, but especially in the states like Arkansas, where even today, thirty-three of the States, seventy-five counties are still dry counties. Pretty crazy, huh? And way back when, when uh, when I was in high school, I went to. Uh, football camp at, um, uh, damn it, the Bow Weevils. I came to Arkansas State and it was a dry county. And I know because we tried to buy beer.
2: <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, and y'all, dry county means you just can't sell alcohol. You can't buy it. You have to go across the line to wherever.
3: But even though it was illegal, everyone seemed to know that bootlegging was happening, right? And the bootleggers themselves were well known to law enforcement often because. They were what I call frequent frequent flyers or or repeat offenders. And these bootleggers, like other criminals, have their range of characters as well. And some of them were simply enterprise and businessmen, and while others were vicious
2: and violent criminals. So we're going to bring you all back. We're going to bring you all back to 1890, and we're going to tell you about one of those cast of characters, and this guy's name was Hintz Giles. And Hintz Giles was born in Texarkana, Arkansas, on December 11th of 1890. His parents were named Jack and Martha and he was the eighth of ten siblings in the Giles family, y'all. And back in those days, it was all about having kids. Yep. Let's put or it this work. way: they didn't have. You know yeah. what your contraceptive was? You didn't have sex. But well, not only that, they, there wasn't condoms. Yeah, yeah.
3: There wasn't. There wasn't the pill. Not but, only yeah. that, specifically these large families
2: on the farms that was labor. Yeah, and, and that's they, they right. Used, they used them to work. That's right and and that's exactly what the Giles did. They were actually all longtime farmers around that Texarkana, uh, Arkansas area. Now they moved to what's what was known as Days Creek in Miller County. and the way they know this, and I actually have a I got a hold to this, and it was the nineteen hundred census. Back then, these census were actually handwritten. It wasn't like you did. You know, a few years back, where you went on the computer and filled out a you know right. an online thing and submitted it. They, yeah. This was handwritten. They
3: went, they went door to door and literally knocked on your door and say, "Who lives
2: here? How many kids do you have, etc." That's correct, and uh, and so one thing I do want to mention for all you patron members out there, we we're going to post all kinds of stuff on on Patreon, including the actual census from 1900 with uh with hence Giles' parents' signature on that census form it's it, all this stuff is kind of interesting and a lot of history, but during that census he lived on his family farm in nineteen hundred in days Creek. He had a bunch of brothers and sisters he had an older brother, James who actually died as an infant and an older sister, Hattie, who died at six. so there was a little bit of tragedy in his family and then ten years later in nineteen ten. Uh, Henderson is still listed at the homes with his brothers, uh, and they refer to that 1910 census to know that. Um, now, on February 5th of 1911, Hence gets married. That's my birthday. There you go. Well, he he got married on your birthday, and he married Ruth McBride in Texarkana. The two they lived just a two a few houses apart prior to them getting married, so they were. Uh, in all likelihood, probably lifelong friends and family love and all that stuff. And in 1917, he uh, again, they did a census and he's listed as a farmer with his wife, Ruth, his two children he had uh, at that point. So they were starting a big family. And I even got a hold to his draft registration card. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Which is uh, right. which is pretty awesome. And we'll post that as well. Um, and even moreover, uh, his voter registration card that we're going to post online. And so, y'all, look. Check this
3: out. Um, and like Jim said, everything was newspapers. And he found this super interesting article. Uh, it says, Weiss Discovery. "'saves farmer's life. "'Rendered unconscious by a fall into a dry well, "'Sheriff makes haul of bootleggers. "'Special to the Times, Texarkana, February 3rd, "'Hence Giles, a substantial farmer "'living about seven miles southeast of town, "'was the victim of a peculiar accident, accident "'which nearly cost him his life yesterday. "'He started down in a well which is about dry.' For the purpose of cleaning it out or digging it a little bit deeper, when the rope broke and he fell to the bottom, a distance of about 30 feet, he was rendered unconscious and lay for nearly an hour at the bottom of the well as no one was about at that time. He was finally discovered by his wife who called assistance and he was extricated from his predicament and restoratives applied. While he is in serious condition, it is not believed his injuries will be fatal.
2: There you cool, go. Right? So his wife was a hero. Right. Saving uh, – you know, you you hear about these folks falling down wells and things like that. Said, and that's at this point, stories, right? Yeah. It, yeah. Okay. I mean, that, that was a ways. And and thank God for his wife who was able to save him. But hopefully you caught him there. He's a sheriff now. Right. And, uh, and so he – you know, that's kind of a big deal. And that was back in 1918. And look – just we're going to have a lot of articles that we're going to read in here i was able to find a lot of newspaper articles that are super interesting and very important to the story so bear with us on that in 1920 henderson uh is living in days creek still uh he's actually living with his father wife and two children and there are several other uh families living in the same area several other brothers and sisters and things like that and they're At that point, he's still listed as a farmer in that census. Now, sometime between 1924 and 1926, three of the Giles brothers leave farming and they become servants to the city of Texarkana. So they, you know, uh, public service of some sort. That's a
3: guaranteed job, right? And uh, that, um, I mean, if you have bad crops and you farm, you don't make any money if you can get on with the city. You're Getting a paycheck,
2: that's right, and and you know, you don't have to worry about if it rains or it don't right, rain. I right. mean, there's a lot of advantages to that. Uh, and hence joins the police department along with his brother Richard, and uh, his brother Ona becomes a fireman in the city, so they're Pretty becoming, cool. yeah. you know, it's uh, not like
3: Texark- Texarkana was that big, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: They uh, there might have been two firemen in the whole city, right. but his wife Ruth sadly. Uh, passes away at 35 years old yeah. Due to what uh, People believe is Complications from the flu So that was a You know back then They didn't have flu shots yeah, well, And when they have The life expectancy Was so low Like you were
3: talking About the kids And infants dying And, and kids dying I mean They didn't
2: have All the vaccines that Right They have now Right, so that left Hintz as a single father of two young children. Matty is 12 at that time, and Virgil, his son, is 10 at that time.
3: Right, so y'all, like like less than four months later, at about 6.30 a.m. on July 16, 1926, Hintz is on patrol and is murdered in cold blood as he attempted to detain three men alleged to be bootleggers. Now, Officer Uh, Giles pulled the men over on East Broad Street near the College Hill Viaduct for driving on the wrong side of the road. He saw a quart bottle of liquid, presumably he thought it was whiskey, and he asked to inspect it. As he was inspecting the jar, one of the men grabbed it back, pulled out a revolver, and shot Hintz three times. Twice through the heart and once in the head, killing him instantly.
2: And, y'all, that's a big deal because this is like what he said. This is a Texarkana at that time was a very small town. Right. And you've got three brothers that are all in public service. Look, they're they're out for blood now. That's it. I mean, that's – get a rope. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So at the time of his death, uh, Officer Gallus was reported to be one of the best men on the force and news of the cold-blooded killing spread quickly throughout the region. Now, y'all, when we talk about that, when the newspapers went out and everything, but word of mouth, the grapevine is literally where this got established. And so you killed a police officer, especially a well-respected one, then it just didn't happen back then. Not like it does nowadays where you hear
2: about it every day. That's right, and and of course this is in the in the heat of bootlegging, and I actually have a picture of the street, the actual street and actual section yeah, in which he was cool. shot Rock killed, street killed with hickory that uh that I'm gonna post on uh, the patrons. so Join yeah. that patron, you yeah, see for, all this cool. For those stuff. of
3: you don't know, Viaduct is a, is a drainage canal that that uh, as we
2: mentioned earlier, this is mostly farming area. So the commercial appeal, and this is uh, this is a, still a major newspaper today in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, the commercial appeal ran a little little newspaper article at that point, and they went on to say Henry Giles, member of the Arkansas uh, Night Police Force, was shot and fatally wounded early this morning while attempting to arrest two supposed bootleggers whose identity has not been definitely established. Funny how they wrote back then. Right. Uh, Persons who witnessed the tragedy said Giles stopped the car in which the men were driving, and after a few words, he reached in the car and lifted out a quart jar of whiskey. One of the men instantly sprang out, grabbed the whiskey bottle with one hand, and drew an automatic pistol with the other. How about that? And began shooting. Giles crumpled to the ground with one bullet through his head and two through his heart. He died a few minutes later. The men then got back in the car and drove rapidly away. The sheriff and police departments have been hard at work on the case day and night and have five men in jail for investigation. They also have found what they believe to be the car used by the murderers. Hmm. Its owner is one of the suspects in jail. He claims he loaned his car all night to another man, and the latter was also rounded up and jailed. Two of the suspects live on the Texas side, and one of them was pardoned from the penitentiary a few days ago by Mr... Ma Ferguson, the community is greatly aroused. That's a strange verb to use, adjective to use there. Aroused over the murder and much indignation is expressed. Giles was 35 years of age and was rated one of the best men on the force. He was universally liked. His wife died two months ago, leaving two small children. Now, doubtfully, now they are orphaned. Officers and citizens will declare that every available means be used to arrest the murderers and bring them to justice. So, yeah, don't forget about that, that his his kids, you know, were were, you know, 12 years old. I think the other one was eight or 10 or something like that, but they were young. And, yeah. and now they have no mother or father. Right. And back in those days, if they now they had a lot of uncles and stuff. Yeah. I'm sure one of those took them in. Right. But if you didn't have that in those days, you yeah. were going to an orphanage.
3: orphanage. And, and, Which those, sucked in right. those days. They weren't nice places. They weren't regulated. So uh, another little article by the Durant Oklahoma Daily Democrat, uh, dated July 16, 1926, says, Texarkana, Texas, July 16th, United Press. Extraordinary police precautions are exercised for the protection of three suspects who are being held in connection with the slaying of a patrolman, hence Giles, earlier today. It is thought the crime was committed by bootleggers. Now, so it's getting around. Yeah, what this means is... the they were about to lynch their ass, right? So and the public wants to kill them, and so they're they're they've got three suspects who are under arrest, and and probably had to stand armed guards outside the, the jail and everything else. But I'm gonna read you another one from the Eagle Bryan Texas paper, July sixteenth, nineteen twenty six. It says, big bold headlines: Officers shot by a violator of traffic laws. And it says, Texarkana, July sixteenth. Hens Giles, police officer, of Texas, Kansas, Arkansas, was shot and instantly killed today by an unidentified white man. The officer was shot three times when he attempted to stop his assailant for a traffic violation.
2: Just, just, I mean, this, y'all,
3: this was the hottest story in the nation.
2: Yeah, and it's spreading. And and you know, as we told you, this was how people got their news—the newspaper. Right. There was obviously no internet, and, and TV was in its infancy. Right. Uh, so then we'll bring you to Oklahoma, the Oklahoma Herald, who was talking about some of the suspects and how the police were having to kind of guard those suspects. Because, look, the public, uh, they wanted to kill them, right? They they, they weren't police officers. They were just right. regular people. They right. wanted to They're kill them. As hell. Yeah. Uh, so it says, uh, extraordinary police precautions were exercised here today for the protection of three suspects arrested and held for investigation in connection with the slang of patrolman Hintz Giles earlier today by alleged bootleggers. Public indignation was aroused at the slang of the officer, they love that word, uh, who was shot down as he lifted a jar of liquor from an automobile he had halted for traffic violation shortly after dawn. One of the two men in the machine grabbed the whiskey from the officer's hand and fired three bullets into his body simultaneously. And, and notice they called a the car a machine. Yeah, right. And How about and that? It's all different.
3: And you said TV was in the infancy. No, vehicles. Ra- radio. As well. Radio was in the infancy. Yeah.
2: TV wasn't even a thought yet. And then they got one more here, and this one's from El Paso, Texas. Uh, and it, the headline on that is Killing of Officer Arouses Texarkana. There's that arouse word again. Three suspects have been arrested in connection with the slaying of police patrolman Hintz Giles, who was shot down when he attempted to arrest an automobile party for a traffic violation early Friday. Every precaution is being taken to guard the men against uh, violence as public and. Indignation is high over the incident. Patrolman Giles was lifting a jar of liquor from the automobile and one of the men in the car grabbed the whiskey from him and fired three bullets into his body. So it is getting around. It's everywhere. Yeah. I mean, and, and really y'all, just El Paso, Texas is,
3: you know, all the way across the state of Texas. Now, think about it. The, there was no AP wire and all that. This is, but it, so it's, take, it's getting out in... They used just to have murders, especially police officers back then. So the the coverage continues on the story, and um, Officer Giles was buried in Pleasant Hill Cemetery. Near the farm on which he grew up, it was well attended with over three thousand. That's months. huge. That's probably more than they had in all of Texas, There
2: were probably people all over America that came to that and look, Back then, travel wasn't an easy thing. Right, they had right. you couldn't just jump on I twelve, right? You know,
3: and then uh, yeah, dirt roads and stuff. Right? I don't even yeah. think they had much blacktop back then. Another article, which is from the Shreveport Times. Um, Y'all, it's a slain officer buried Sunday with 3,000 attending. Texarkana, Canada, July 18th. And then it says special in parentheses. The identity of the murder of policeman, hence Giles, who was killed by a supposed bootlegger early Friday, is still a mystery. The sheriff and police department of both Arkansas and Texas sides of the town are still working on the case, and let me talk about that. We get, keep saying Texas County, y'all. For, um, I, natural, we're familiar with it, but it's in that north. It would be just to, to, above the northwest corner of uh, Louisiana, and it actually the the Texas Arkansas line splits the city. Okay, so that's what they're talking about. So it says the Sheriff and Police Department of both Arkansas and Texas sides of town are still working on the case. But as yet, nothing has been secured that gives hope of an early solution. The body of the slain officer was taken Sunday afternoon to Pleasant Hill Church near his old home, 10 miles south of here, where the funeral and interment took place. About 3,000 people attended, including several hundred from Texarkana, The Reverend H. Jennings of the Methodist Church of Folk and the Reverend J. W. Thomas of the Texarkana College Hill Methodist Church conducted the services in the the Shreveport Times in July 19, 1926. Now, so news of the funeral was reported as far
2: away as Miami, Florida. Can you believe that? There was a little headline from Miami, Florida, and it said about three thousand persons attended the funeral of Henschild patrolman who was shot by an unidentified bootlegger. Uh the investigation started immediately and several key suspects were detained. However, nothing was strong enough to take the charges to court. So they got an issue. They've got these these men that they are pretty sure involved in this thing, but they don't have any evidence. Right. So other than, you know, somebody saying, oh, they did it, yeah. um, they have no evidence besides that. And there wasn't DNA back then. Yeah. If there was DNA no back, then, no had, back then, uh, they probably had fingerprints back then
3: in, in the 20s. They didn't have that yet.
2: Yeah. So they would have had them dead to rights otherwise. But this was back when you had to do some real hard police work. Yeah, the sure were not ring the no camera. cameras. Doors, cameras yeah. <laughs> None of that. So we're going to tell you about Kenneth Knox okay and yeah, this and this is another one of our cast of characters and, and that plays into this story down in Shreveport Louisiana which is about 70 miles south of Texarkana police detain a 24 year old guy named Kenneth Knox on suspicion of murder now Knox retains his in- innocence okay so they're they're thinking he had something to do with this the Shreveport Times then releases an article And it says five suspects under arrest after murder of Texarkana policemen. Uh, Kenneth Knox, 24 years old of Shreveport, was taken into Texarkana shortly after midnight by officers uh, as a suspect in connection with the slaying of Pence C. Giles. And it should have been hence, but they wrote Pence. Uh, Night watchman of the Arkansas side of the city who was killed by an unidentified man at daylight Friday. Now, how about I'm referring to him as a night watchman, right? That's pretty cool. Knox, uh, protested his innocence of the entire affair, claiming that he did not even know that an officer had been killed there. In accordance with the suggestion of Lieutenant Allen of Shreveport Police Department, who questioned him in the presence of Texarkana officials at police headquarters at midnight, he expressed his willingness to accompany the Texas and Arkansas officials back to Texarkana. He declared he retired, meaning went to sleep, at a local hotel at one o'clock Friday morning and did not arise until after noon. Uh, he declared he can establish an alibi to show that he was in Shreveport at the time of the killing. Deputy Sheriff J.N. Runnels, George Hunter, constable of the Texas side of Texarkana, William Crawl, chief of police on the Arkansas side. And Ernest Ford came to Shreveport to take Knox into custody. He returned with them. So this is one of the guys that they're trying to
1: say goodbye
2: basically pinned this thing on that uh you know they didn't have a whole lot of evidence and he's yeah. up there and he's saying hey i can prove yeah i was but not somebody
3: had to give his name up for them to get on
2: it right? yeah that's that's right and he and he was probably a well-known boot bootlegger and um and you know had kind of a reputation that probably was on that radar right from the start yeah well the the you
3: know police police work was just a whole different time and and I always said eyewitness testimony is the worst. But let me read you the next article from Sh- the Shreveport Journal on July seventeenth, nineteen twenty six. Says Knox exonerated from blame me for officer's death. Uh, Texas How about Ar- that? Blame me, blame me. <laughs> Texarkana, July seventeenth. Kenneth M. Knox, arrested at Shreveport late yesterday and brought here early this morning by Chief of Police Crowell, who went there after him in connection with the murder yesterday of policeman Hintz Giles. So y'all, it was quick. Um, Succeeded in satisfying the officers after his arrival here that he had nothing to do with the murder and was released. Four other men who were arrested on suspicion have been released so they're working three. And yeah. y'all, back in that day, if you killed a cop and they bring in you in question, I bet they beat the shit out of you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there, there was no yellow phone books; they just beat your fucking ass. There
2: was uh, no dash cams. Right. There was no uh, body cams. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: they, 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 you better believe if they thought you actually killed them. Uh, you wouldn't have been released, right? So let's go to uh, another art, article, y'all, and, and says. Release Knox at Texarkana, Shreveport youth establishes evidence of connection with Giles murder, and this was all in the headlines. It says Texarkana, Texas, July 17. Of six suspects arrested in connection with the murder of policeman hence G Giles by a supposed bootlegger early Friday, four have been released, having convinced the officers that they had no connection with the matter. This included Kenneth M. Knox, who was brought here early Saturday from Freeport, and the two men still in custody are the owners of a car answering the description of the one used by the murderer, and the man he said he loaned the car to the night before the killing. The officers are still investigating these two, and another suspect arrested at Magnolia was brought back Saturday afternoon, but he too quickly satisfied that the officers of his innocence. Officers said tonight, however, that there will be no relaxation of efforts to capture the guilty party or parties. Officers in all surrounding towns and territory have been notified and a keen watch is being kept for them. The funeral of the dead officer will be held Sunday afternoon.
2: So they're, they're kind of, you know, we're backing up a little bit and we're telling you, what happened with those five guys that were released. And, and you you know, you have to keep this in mind, folks, that uh, the public, the general public, was pissed. They were so the them. police are feeling pressure, right? Because now, not only have they arrested people, and it, it was just like it is now back then when you got arrested, people assumed you were guilty, right. they assume there's a reason the police drug you in. Well, the police are arresting these people and then letting them go, which the public's probably like, right. What the hell?
3: Really, what they're doing is conducting an investigation. Back then, you didn't have any Miranda rights or a right to an attorney or anything, all, all that hadn't been established yet. So, they're bringing them in, arrest them sweating them or beating their ass or doing whatever and but at some point and like in any good investigation they're they're uh, basically exonerating on basically finding enough evidence to say okay they weren't involved
2: that's right so at this at this point and this is july 18th of 1926 five suspects have been detained in that case and they are steady releasing them all but two uh have been released one in custody was the owner of the car, remember we told you about that, that Officer Giles pulled over. The man claimed he was innocent because he lent that car to a different person the day before, and police identified the man that borrowed the car, and he is the second one they got in custody. So they said, okay, we're going to get the owner and the guy he said he loaned the car to. So it's got to be one of them, right? right? Police are still searching for a third man that was seen in the vehicle, and they now believe they have the vehicle in which the man escaped from the scene in the car was actually found in the outskirts of town and i have a picture of that car and i'm going to yeah, post it this, on the uh on the patron now I there
3: mean, that that many people had
2: cars back then that, that's yeah. right i mean and and look when you see this car it's fancy right it's right. uh Beautiful. it's something i'd love to that have fancy. so uh July 20th, just a few days after that, the Times, Shreveport Times, uh, said the identity of the slayer of policeman hence Giles, who was shot to death by a supposed bootlegger, a supposed bootlegger, Sorry. they all use that term. Early Friday is still a mystery to fight uh, efforts from both the sheriff and police departments. The suspects arrested Saturday are still held in jail, some of them. But definite proof against either one of them is lacking. So those two were still in jail. They're having trouble finding proof. Several new clues were obtained Monday, but none of them yielded anything tangible. Chief of Police Kroll and several deputy sheriffs left the city hurriedly around 3 o'clock Monday afternoon to run down one of the latest tips they had received. Their destination was not given out, and they had not returned at a late hour Monday night. A roadster Found abandoned ten miles north of town Friday is now to believe now believed by the officers to be the car in which the murderers escaped after killing Giles. So undoubtedly they got a tip that there's a car abandoned on the side of the road, and you need to check it out. And they all hauled ass out of there. And, yeah. and you know, they, they, you can picture it like in yeah. a movie. Yeah, it was a
3: 1925 Ford Model T Roadster, and, and the yeah.
0: Uh, you know,
3: very rare to even have a car back then, and and but you know, I'm fancy must have had one. some money, so yeah, um, all that bootleg. So on Floyd Dobson, the the car in question is believed to be owned by Floyd Dobson, a known bootlegger, y'all. And during the investigation, it was said that a Mexican national was an eyewitness that identified Dobson. Uh, that's kind of questionable, right? And back then, they they were looking. Bring anybody to do whatever. yeah. But so then it led on to July 21st of 1926. And this is an article from the Shreveport Journal says, arrest another man as suspect in murder case. And that's the headlines y'all. And there's a a subtext headline underneath it It says, Floyd Dobson of hope strongly suspicion of connection with officers death says, Texarkana, July 21st, Floyd Dobson of Hope, Arkansas was arrested there Tuesday and brought here and placed in the Miller County Jail th- Tuesday afternoon on a warrant issued out of Texarkana. Municipal court charged him with the murder in connection with the slaying of policeman hence Giles of Texarkana force early last Friday. Giles was killed while trying to arrest the supposed bootlegger who then drove away in a Ford Roadster. This car was later found in a pine thicket abandoned about six miles east of here. Officers say they have a witness who will testify that the car belonged to Dobson. Besides, there is said to be other strong evidence against the accused. The officers intimate they have a strong case against him. According to the officers, Dobson has a long record as a bootlegger, having been frequently arrested on liquor charges within the last three or four years. He also has been shot a couple of times, once <laughs> by the sheriff of Hempstead County, and once a few weeks ago by another bootlegger near Texarkana. It is alleged
2: <laughs> he Crazy, may need right? to give up bootlegging. <laughs> yeah, right? That's yeah, the man, he, Dude, he, he ain't had nothing down. but bad luck. He's been shot a couple times. Now he's
3: going to jail. You're <clears> right? So yeah. uh, tell you the next one it says charged suspect with murder of Texarkana cop, Texarkana, July twentieth. In a warrant issued by the Texarkana, Arkansas Municipal Court Monday, charging him with the murder of policeman Hintz Giles, Floyd Dobson was arrested at Hope, Arkansas Tuesday morning and later was brought here and lodged, lodged like that, <laughs> lodged in the Miller County Jail. The own officers' intimate They have a strong case against him, although they are not giving out any details. It is known, however, that they have one witness who has already made an affidavit that the roadster used by the murderer in making his getaway, in which later was found abandoned in a thicket several miles east of town, is the property of Dobson. Officers have ascertained that this car was stolen from L.C. Smith in Center, Texas, July thirteenth. That's why they abandoned it. also say Dobson has frequently been arrested on charge of bootlegging during the last two years and no date has been set for his preliminary hearing. Joss was shot to death last Friday by a supposed bootlegger
2: whom he was trying to arrest. Yeah, so they the, now they've got the the guy they think is the owner of that, you know, vehicle in in custody or at least the one who stole it from the real owner. Right. Uh, and so it continues on and we're, we're on July 21st, 1926, and this is a week after the killing y'all. And they have three men that are key suspects, Floyd Dobson, who we've been telling you about James Sims and Oliver Lawler. Right. And uh, so the Shreveport Journal, who was continuing to keep people updated, said Deputy Prosecuting Attorney J.D. Cook, Jr. announced today that the three men who have been confined in the Miller County Jail in the last several days on the murder charges growing out of the killing of policemen, hence Giles, will be given a hearing in the Arkansas side municipal court next Monday morning. Giles was shot to death on East Broad Street early Friday of last week by a supposed bootlegger who the officer had stopped and presumably was in the act of placing under arrest. The murderer dashed away in his car after killing after the killing before anyone could obtain a good description of him. Officers say they have strong evidence against some of the men in jail, but just not what it may be uh, will probably not be known until the trial. So even back then, they kept... That stuff close to their best. They didn't want to screw up their case. And then the Shreveport Journal uh, on July 24th, just a few days later, said after the the Dobson preliminary hearing, Sims and Lawler were discharged. So you got to hear this uh, uh, article. Just a few days after that, on the 29th of July of 1926, which said Floyd Dobson, charged with murder in connection with the slaying of policemen, hence Giles, was held for the Arkansas side grand jury without bail, following a hearing before Judge Joseph in the municipal court Wednesday afternoon. Giles was killed by a supposed bootlegger whom he was trying to arrest. Uh, One of the witnesses, a Mexican, identified Dobson as the man who shot Giles, Dobson was arrested at Hope, Arkansas, several days after the killing. Uh, Sims and Ollie Lawler, who also have been jailed, were charged with being implicated in Giles' murder. They were discharged following Dobson's trial. Seven, several hundred people attended the hearing. You don't have don't several hundred that. people attending a hearing yeah. today. You're right. Yeah, okay, absolutely right. So it, you know that that in and of itself is just absolutely crazy this tells you this is the biggest story in the country right and after further investigation it was believed that Dobson was not the shooter either but he's not released yet yeah a thousand dollar reward which was back in it is like those days was fifteen thousand. Yeah, well, it's fifteen I, times. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. What it what it is now, is now being offered for information that uh, that leads to the capture and arrest of the killer. So yeah. it's it's really uh, it's really heating up, and they still don't have. You know, a suspect, and or, or they have suspects, so they don't have a, an actual murderer conviction yet,
3: right. and the public's getting pissed. So go go forward to August the fifth, in nineteen twenty six, and the Shreveport Journal says big headlines offer big reward for Giles Slayer, and a sub sub headline: Man held at Texarkana now believed not to be the murder of Arkansas officer in Texarkana, August the fifth. Re- Rewards aggregating 1000 will be paid for information that will lead to the arrest and conviction of the man who shot and killed, hence Giles, Texarkana, Arkansas. Policeman on the East Broad Street, July 16th, it was announced by Chief Police Walter Crowell today. Giles was shot by a supposed bootlegger whom he was trying to arrest. Following the murder, several persons were arrested and jailed, and on July 28th, Floyd Dobson, Was held for the Miller County grand jury without bail, charged with murder. The other suspected persons were then discharged. However, the officers seem a little uncertain that Dobson is the guilty person, although one witness identified him as being the man who fired the shots that killed Giles. So Dobson continues to to claim his innocence and circumstantial evidence points to Dobson as shooter, but police are hesitant to close the case. They want to get the right man, y'all.
2: Yeah, and and you know, Dobson does what what any anybody charged with a crime does and he kinda lawyers up. And you know, even back then lawyers and attorneys, they wanted these high profile cases. Right. This was one of the, the highest profile cases going on in the country. And attorneys for Floyd Dobson in the Miller County Jail charged with first-degree murder have sued out of a writ of habeas corpus in circuit court, which will be heard before Circuit Judge J.H. McCallum at the courthouse here next Wednesday. Dobson was denied bail several weeks ago following a preliminary hearing before Judge Joseph in the municipal court and has been confined in the Miller County Jail ever since. Dobson is alleged to have killed Hintz Giles, a policeman on the Arkansas side force when the latter was trying to arrest him for bootlegging early in the morning. It was several days later that Dobson was arrested, charged with the crime. At the hearing, one witness positively identified Dobson as the man who did the shooting. That was the Mexican. And there was uh, much circumstantial evidence introduced against him. Now... A concerned citizen turned in a man who had bragged about his shooting skills the day after Officer Giles was shot. And his actions led the police to detain him. But he was later released. And and listen to this article. So uh, this is the Fort Worth Star. And this is we're bringing you kind of back again to September 18th. And it says, Bad man boast fails to interest Texarkana chief in slaying probe. Steve Miller's boast of being a bad man and gunman, which landed him in jail Friday night at Mineral Wells in his connection with the murder of Hinch Giles uh, here on July 16th, was scoffed at Saturday by the chief of police crawl, who said his department would take no action against Miller. So this guy bust in and right. starts talking about how good a shooter he is, and they're he like, you're full of shit. Now, yeah. yeah. So Miller was arrested uh, by authorities after Allie East, a former clerk of a hotel, told police in Mineral Wells that Miller was boasting of his proudness with a gun the day, Giles was shot and killed by the driver of a whiskey-laden automobile, which an officer had attempted to search. Floyd Dobson was taken into custody recently and held to await the action of a grand jury on a charge of murder with connection uh, to the slaying and is the only man we are interested in, that from Chief Crawl. Uh, Bond for Dobson has been fixed at $1,000.00. But well, as we told you, it's like 15,000 today pending the grand jury investigation. Crawl said he would not request Mineral Wells officials to return Miller here. So uh-huh. this guy was, you know, boasting and, and to a female yeah, and yeah, probably trying to impress right, her. And she ran straight to the off. police. And Let said, his
3: mouth overload his ass, y'all. Yeah. So, y'all, uh, while on bail in July 1927, now this is the next year. And the, uh, Dobson returned to his old ways and once again was arrested for bootlegging when police raided his property and confiscated a two hundred gallon steel. So that's where it probably got the money for the ten thousand dollar bond.
2: Yeah, and uh, it's a, it's important to mention that, that's right that it was a ten thousand dollar bond and and uh, that was like got to be like a million dollar bond now. Uh, yeah they probably didn't think he would make bond right you know so they're like okay we'll give him bond and they they jack it up to 10 grand which yeah. is like saying a million he comes up with it yeah. so this guy's Cash. obviously got
3: yeah, they didn't have bondsman back in that day
2: yeah and you know when you're a bad guy like Floyd Dobson was you can't stay out of you right. can't stay out of, out of trouble right so uh here comes a headline on July 12th of 1927, and it says, "Man released in murder case arrested again. Floyd Dobson, who is in, in, under indictment in Miller County on a charge of murdering hence Giles of the city, was arrested Saturday near his home in Hempstead County on a charge of manufacturing whiskey. So no doubt he may bond, and they're watching right, him. They're right. putting somebody on and him. And he's going
3: to do what he does for a living.
2: That's right. it. And now it's he's the only way really he make some money. That's right, and it's the only way he knows, probably. The sheriff of Miller County and his deputies caught Dobson in the act of operating a steal. It is alleged, and he, he, he was released on a $500 bond for his appearance before the grand jury. So Dobson's got some money. Dobson is widely known in this territory, and officers say he's an old offender. He was said to have been try, uh, tried at Louisville last Monday for the murder of a policeman, but the case was continued until the October term of court by the agreement of both sides. Police Giles, uh, policeman Giles was shot and killed while searching a car driven by a man suspected of being a bootlegger. So, um, you know. It, at this point, they've got all these suspects, they don't really have anything that's sticking right, and a break comes so, in. The
3: so, case. what we're doing, and you heard this over and over again about the murder and these people being arrested, and we're painted whenever I tell a story, I see it all in my mind, you know. And, and so, that's what we're trying to do for y'all is paint the picture. Now, why would we do all this because of what I'm about to tell you right now? And – says a major break in the case comes in January of nineteen twenty eight. So y'all this almost two years later when police capture an escape felon, Elridge Robertson Johnson, also known as Charlie Fraser. But Fraser's story started long before the Giles murder. Boy it sure did. Right? In fact, his initial run in the law was a decade earlier, in December of 1916, when he was sentenced to three years in jail for robbery. During his time in prison, he was far from a model prisoner. He was involved (laughs) in a couple of fights. And this is going to be a major theme going forward, y'all. And escaped on three different occasions. He served his entire term and then some and was released on February 23rd of 1920 and much later in life. Fraser claims that he was jailed for a crime. He did not commit.
2: Of course he, of course it, he does. And, okay.
3: So that, this is a, a great point to wind it up and we're painting you the picture of the times. So look, cops didn't get killed back then. Y'all it just didn't happen. And, and the, the, with that whole investigation, how it went through, but ultimately, this story is about Charlie Fraser. That's
2: right, and 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 we call this in the, you know, I guess in the bowling business, you call this the setup. right, right, right <laughs> And right, so right. we've been setting you up for right. this guy. Yeah, and, and this and, guy Dobson ain't got shit on Charlie Fraser. I, I
3: I don't know. I don't think Al Capone. I don't think. Um, shit, any of them uh, 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 back in the day. Frank Nitti? Frank Nitti. Um, Killed Pretty himself Boy twice. Pretty Boy Floyd. Yeah. I don't, none of those dudes. Body and Clyne, I'm telling you, they can't hold a can't. They couldn't hold Charlie Frazier's dick when he was taking a piss. That's that right. He, he is the original ally. Well, bro, we need to do a movie on this dude. Yeah, for real. Yeah, he. But all the shit that I can, you we found. can't wait
2: to get in, get yeah. into this one with you. So that'll be coming at you next week. Look, join the patron. I'm posting. I'm gonna be on fire.
3: Yeah. Posting all pictures, pictures, all articles.
2: this stuff that I've dug up. Yeah, uh, and it, you know you. You're going to love it. Yeah, You're going to yeah. love seeing some of this stuff. The car, the place where right. where the officer was shot. I've yeah. got maps. I've right. got all kinds of stuff. All, we're gonna all be the news
3: articles and with the wording, different wording and everything. It's all fire. But Charlie right. Frazier, I'm going on the record, saying he's American badass. I do not know how there's not a movie about this cat yet, after reading all the stuff that you dug up. They, but I'd always heard the name. And, and we'll, well, we'll tell y'all, more, more importantly, we'll tell you how Charlie Fraser ties into Bloody Angola. <laughs> all, right, all right? That's yeah. what this is you about. This is Bloody this Angola. But you better believe it's yeah. really about Bloody Angola. So,
2: again, we're setting it up for you. And until next time, I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. Your host of Bloody Angola. A podcast 142 years in the making. The complete story of America's bloodiest prison. Peace!
1: I walk a straight line Shackled chain and Gertie is calling my name There is no mercy in this penitentiary Just ask the hillstring. Gang Rango